Um, all right, uh, small con listeners, grab your tinfoil hats and your, uh, uh, I don't know, your closest shiv. We're going on a post-apocalyptic <laughs> journey. Gasoline! <laughs> <laughs> Mediocre. <laughs> Witness me! I'm in danger. All right, welcome back to Small Consolation. I'm your host, Peaches Brittany. We are all here, as always. Um, you know, it's been several episodes since we've actually... Who's here? Let, let's let's do quick introductions again, just to... I don't know, just for funsies. Well, I'm the artist presently known as Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And that's all we've got. It's right. <laughs> okay, all right, yep. I got this one, guys. Usually the host introduces everyone. Do you think that I've that 52 episodes in that I actually know what I'm doing? <laughs> one would hope. Like I didn't even tell I didn't even tell the listeners what the podcast is about. Like I always forget to say this is a and then half the time I say this is a video games podcast and we don't even talk about video games. So it's a video games and tangent podcast. <laughs> I was gonna say, I guess I always <laughs> video viewed it games as more podcast. of a, a media podcast. I don't know, maybe a that's just nerdy me. podcast where we're loosely based on video games. There you that's go. our skeleton, our core background. But <laughs> we dabble. That's what our bio says. Oh yeah, ooh, we dabble. Ooh, we dabble. Hmm. <laughs> anyway, I'm Jared. I'm, I'm okay with. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well. I am the friend who doesn't get caught up in the apocalyptic scenario because I stay in the house, and I'm Evan. I am too busy out in the wastes to respond to this question, but I am Nick. <laughs> okay, so for our icebreaker this time, uh, the zombie apocalypse was coming. Um, this says, who are three people you want on your team? I considered posing that specific question to you, but then I was like, okay, Nick and which other two of us do you want? Um, but I was kind of like... thinking more along the lines of the five of us are caught in the apocalypse together. Um, it doesn't have to be with just zombies, right? Like apocalypse doesn't have to be with zombies. No, no not necessarily. So I guess which one of us do you think dies first? If all five of us are together, I think that's the p- question we should pose instead. <laughs> and why is it me? I was going to say it's probably, you. <laughs> Oh, no offense, but hmm. yeah, I don't know. Well, Nick obviously would be the most prepared. Like he would have weapons already in his house. <laughs> Nick probably does have weapons in his house. No, we know that yeah, Nick has weapons in his car. <laughs> yeah. I have a weapon in the room. <laughs> oh, God. I have okay. a weapon attached to my about- body. <laughs> Okay, see, I was about to say we're not talking about our 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 It's my fist, <laughs> Brandon. Digits. <laughs> well let me just punch you in the mouth right there. Wow. Put that down. 
Well, I mean, last episode, didn't we talk about jizzing on children like... You did. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> I was going to say, wow, whoa. I have no memory of this. Okay. Put, that in, put that in context, please. No, we that's, 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 my, that's my bait. You have to go... Ha, no. You have to go back and listen to it. For no, legal reasons. It's a joke. <laughs> no... We were talking about uh, Magic School Bus and a specific episode where they learn how fish are born. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to paint me as the weird one for having bows and swords near me. <laughs> it was a cartoon. Slow down there, R. Kelly. A children's cartoon. <laughs> uh, where were we? Nick's. Trying oh, not to get arrested. Apocalypse. Why do you now? Seriously though, why do you think that I would be? See, I'm trying to. The first I'm trying to do to process go. of elimination the other way. Like Nick is the most battle ready. Tyler probably the most like video game experience. Don't know how that will translate to IRL. Um, and then it just who has the most video game experience? Probably Tyler with that setting. Oh, okay. Oh, I see. Yeah, I, and I, the only other thing I can think that would give me a slight advantage is just the access that I have to like tools and heavy machinery and equipment and stuff. Like, I don't know if uh, I don't know if that would help at all or not. But mm-hmm. and then and having a safe place to go out on our farm say, would yeah, probably help. It's a little more isolated. But we're together in this scenario, right? Right. Yeah. I will say, like, I, I would, I would definitely be willing to put myself pretty, pretty early in the list as far as who's going to die, just because, like, I've, I've, like, seriously considered this before in past cases, and I know that, like, my survival, just like instinct, like drive, is not as high as <laughs> some people's. Like, like, I literally have points like very clearly where i like i know it's hard to say what you would do in the actual situation but there are absolutely times when i'm watching a movie and i'm like yeah i would probably just die there like <laughs> i would probably not do that like <laughs> so <laughs> yeah so I, I don't think i don't think i will be the last man standing at the very least if anything i think i would die because of inactivity like, you know, I'm thinking of, like, if it were a zombie apocalypse, I would probably die because I was too afraid to take risks that I need to, like, mm. I'm running out of food or water or something like that. I'd be too afraid to go out into, you know. You just die of starvation. Um, yeah, like, I think that's <laughs> the reason that I might, like, I'd be too cautious. Um, you know, certain... I mean, I'm you know, it's hard to come up with any other types of like apocalypse besides someone actively hunting you. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I mean, I I think that I'd do fairly well, to be honest. Um, you know, I I generally feel like I have a lot of good ideas in in general. You know, the novels situations. Um, I'm usually pretty cool under pressure, um, you know, anxious situations and, you know, where you absolutely have to keep your cool. Like I, I can do that. Like, I mean, I'm thinking of, I remember when I was living in an apartment 
uh, I mean, I don't know, five, yeah, six or seven years ago, and I had gone to work out at the you know apartment complex's gym. I walked over there, had a decent workout, and then you know walked back, and it was kind of hot out, humid, and I like to keep my apartment cold. You know, we've we've talked about you know it's cold enough to take methane showers <laughs> so um i go into my room i sit down on the bed there's a fan on me it's cold i just start relaxing and i i stop sweating uh, just uh, just you know like a like a switch and my you know um my eyesight goes blank i can't see anything and i know that i'm about to pass out um that, you know, there was a, you know, probably it was because I went from activity in the heat to no activity in the cool and probably wasn't drinking enough water. And, you know, um, I'm, I'm starting to freak out. Like, I know I'm about about to pass out. And um, I knew that passing out was the thing, or, you know, freaking out was the thing not to do. And so I was able to turn the fan off and drink some water and just kind of sit there and try to stay calm. And it passed and I never actually blacked out. My vision came back and I was fine. So um, th- like that's good that it's on you keep your cool under pressure, but I feel like the propensity to black out is probably not a good scenario for <laughs> an apocalypse. Bad for this. But it was. It was. Apocalypse. It was. Uh, if if you were in the situation that happened to you too, a a sudden change in temperature of like a core temperature of your body will make you do that. It's just yeah. a normal thing. It's yeah, just thermal shock, or yeah, thermal like shock. if if you have it happen. Because so, I remember reading this in a. Uh, csi book i had as a child but like it is possible to trigger cardiac arrest by sudden shocks of temperature change like if you suddenly have exceedingly cold water go into the back of your nose that could cause cardiac arrest Hmm. Mm, frosty that makes me never want to do a polar plunge ever (laughs) (laughs) right but like I am, you know, I'm able to, you know, understand things in that way. And I, I, I think that in Tyler's defense, you know, in Tyler's thing, I, my natural survival instincts are fairly high. I guess I did have to give myself the Heimlich one time when I was straight up about to die. <laughs> yeah, me too. Like, if, if I had to pick based on our current personalities, just the way that we all are, is that Evan is just way too cool about everything. Like, he is just calm, cool, and collected. Never, free- I've never seen him really freak out about anything. And that's when we walked up, you know, I mean, like, the, the most freaked out I've ever seen him is when we walked up behind a couple of cops at, like, midnight while we were walking Gosh. around, and they were and they were looking for a fugitive in the area. And he was black, and <laughs> They were not happy seeing Evan. Um, it's because we all look alike, though. <laughs> but, uh, but like, it still wasn't even like outwardly. Like, I'm sure he could have been freaked out inside. I'm sure you could have been freaked out inside. But outwardly, 
you just act like you always have your cool and that you're always collected and together and that nothing freaks you out. Like you don't get happy. You don't get sad. You don't get angry. You're just kind of (laughs) happy go lucky carefree. And so based on that, I think you would die first. It's my secret cap plot twist. That's (laughs) now that I have to defend myself and my defend my honor. Yeah, I don't think I have the um, basic skills like build stuff, do whatever survival instincts. I just think I won't die first because I could probably run the longest out of all of us. I was going to say that too, that you probably, you and Tyler could out, basically, you don't have to be faster than a bear. You just have to be faster than the, the slowest person tra- or being chased by the bear. Yeah, I think I could. But that's again... That's again in a post-apocalyptic society where you're being hunted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if it's like a nuclear fallout thing, I'm probably pretty much done for right away. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, the other thing that's going to really hurt my chances is how bad my eyesight is. Because I've thought about that before, too. If I ever <laughs> lose my glasses, I I have all the time die. in the world. Yeah. <laughs> no. It's, it's going to be bad. I do think that, you know, if I had to live off the, off of nature, I, I'd have to be, become okay with a lot of things really quickly. Mm-hmm. And I'd be really... I would struggle for sure if I had to just live off the land on my own, you know, find my own meat and anything else. I'd I'd struggle for a while. This is why I just play these types of scenarios in video games. (laughs) (laughs) What kind of video games, Jared? Oh, gosh. Oh, why do you always hate (laughs) on my my segues, man? I didn't say anything about your <laughs> I don't know. They're less segues and more like unicycles with a bent wheel. <laughs> Let's be honest. I don't, you know, maybe it's our conversation before the podcast, but I feel things, things are a little bit heated right now. <laughs> you think I'm going to die first? You don't like, maybe I'll just stop talking. It's not so much your, your thoughts, but your, your, it's, but, but your hopes. So anyway, <laughs> I think he's being well. Serious. I did ask you a question. I, I did ask you a question, Jared. I mean, like, oh, you could just continue he's on. Got to at least take advantage. Like, get on that unicycle, Jared. I, I, Juggle for me, damn it! Oh man, the two things I'm not good at. Okay, let's yeah. do them together. That'll make it better. Have you have you actually tried to unicycle? No, I bet bicycle is not my forte either. So taking one of the wheels away <laughs> is not a good scenario. Well, that's another knock against you in the zombie apocalypse. Yeah, you can't ride a bike. <laughs> I, I can. It's just not well. It's like I can swim, just not pretty. <laughs> I can swim in it well I'm enough to Jared. not drown right away. I think that you are pretty, so swimming pretty would is easy because you already are pretty. Is it pretty if I'm flailing like a dying dog in <laughs> body of water? Can it can does it have to be pretty? Can it be cute? You think a dying dog is cute? <laughs> if so, you'll fit in right at home with all of these apocalyptic games. <laughs> 
So anyway, uh, um, if should we just restart this whole thing? I feel like we should no, just restart this. This whole is thing. gold. <laughs> this is gold. It will be rebirthed from the ashes in a new society more willing to accept its strange uniqueness. Uh, is that a oh, rebirth man. or the afterbirth? <laughs> well, you want to hang on to those placentas. <laughs> Let me just make a couple of those right now. <laughs> So the reason we brought up this topic, oh god, <laughs> oh man, is, this is the worst podcast we've ever recorded, is because <laughs> PlayStation released a new long sneak peek at Horizon Forbidden West. Now, before you say another word, no spoilers. Tyler and I have not played the first game very much, and I don't want it ruined. Has Evan? Played it? Hmm. Oh, you can spoil. Um, it's 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 it's. No, he cannot spoil it. Backlog, so <laughs> I've started okay. it, and then you I can got you can you can talk about things. the new game, but don't make any hints at the story for the the the, the previous game. It, it just just try to gloss over any prerequisites. Okay, Nick, have you played it? Yep, I got the plat. Okay, so I thought I wasn't the only one, but it's basically. It's very far. I see. I don't know if that's even a spoiler. It's okay. I I, I would say general setting stuff, and yeah. I mean unless it's I, a post-apocalyptic game where it's really far set in the future. Fighting. There you go. How about that? Yeah. Where yeah, where we're fighting like robot dinosaurs or something. Yeah, and this isn't really a spoiler, um, but. As you explore the game, you'll find things and you're like, hey, wait a minute, like, you uncovered what used to be the U.S. Air Force Base um, in Colorado. So it's like, you realize that you're in the U.S. Um, so this Wow, spoilers. So the second one, <laughs> you're on the West Coast, specifically San Francisco, what used to be. So it's a really cool look. You know, there's a lot of new features, new enemies and challenges. And apparently, if you're on Twitter, not a, a pretty rendering of Aloy's face this time around. I don't know. It, I don't know if anyone's... <laughs> yeah, I never yeah, understood that. I saw that <laughs> fake controversy, quote unquote. They made her look so fuller and not feminine. Here's a shot of her where she would be wearing makeup and have anime eyes. Because that's realistic. Yeah, yeah yes, in, in a post-apocalyptic world where she has time to stop and you know put on her makeup and her Instagram filter. Mm-hmm. I don't think she looks all that different from the first one. I didn't think she did either. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. news to me that there would be a controversy over that because I was kind of just like, oh, nice graphics yeah. as usual. Yeah. Like Some, the, someone, yeah. Is the first one I, like what little I have played of the first Horizon Zero Dawn on the on the PS5 now. I am very impressed with the graphical fidelity. It's a great looking game. I was more concerned about the Robo Raptors and the Robo Mumakill. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this is like basically the cities are well been destroyed and overgrown and like there you can see like if a main major structure was there like you'll see the golden gate bridge um but it's like very tattered and overgrown and whatnot so the thought kind of sparked in my head like you know 
what other games have kind of dealt with a world, an earth that we know that has suffered through an apocalypse and you're having to survive through that. And then on the flip side, what um, kind of post-apocalyptic setting would you like to experience in a video game? Not in real life. Cause we know we would suck. We would all die at once together. <laughs> I appreciate your inclusiveness on that, Jared. Mm-hmm. Um, that you think that we would all die together. I mean, like, Brandon's still first, but like it'll be within seconds. <laughs> God damn it. All right. Good night, everybody. I mean, you tossed that one to me. I mean, how could I not? <laughs> Remember when I said that I wanted to play Operation Tango with you tonight? <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of rethinking my stance on this. Operation. To dance with somebody else. Operation Forever Alone. <laughs> um well i mean the easy one destiny's technically postal apocalypse isn't it oh yeah yeah Mm -hmm. i didn't even Um, sadly that didn't even come to mind like two apocalypses later yeah yeah three i don't know um i think that'd probably be the type of apocalypse that i could survive the best in especially knowing that there's you know guardians that are sort of taking care of me I survive the best in, in that you're an undead warrior that keeps being brought back to life. <laughs> I'm not necessarily Bloody saying gosh. that I would be a guardian. <laughs> Nick thought you I could be of... Ikora and just stand on the tower and do nothing and be safe just fine. She's a guardian. Okay, but she lost her light for a little while and yeah. now she doesn't do anything at all. That's true. Neither does Zavala except get shot at. <laughs> did, 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 did they... It, was it canon that they like, or was it like assumed that they actually got their light back? Oh yeah. Was that yeah. ever actually explained? Was that explained? Yes, it's. I mean, okay. it's it's pretty much shown like it, when the traveler gets broken out of the trap. Okay. Yeah. So, um, being a civilian in Destiny would be, as long as you were in the last city, I feel like. I would feel pretty good about that, but other than outside of that, I'd be like, hell no. <laughs> yeah. Um, they did. They made a Mad Max video game, didn't they? Yeah, they did. that was actually one that I was going to talk about um, because that was probably one of the most pleasant surprises I've experienced in games. Like, I it was one that like I hadn't really read a whole lot of uh, press pre-release stuff on it, um, but I had just I like I feel like they released it right around kind of the apex of the hype surrounding the release of Fury Road, and so it's like I'd seen that like I was just that was and honestly that was like I'd kind of seen bits and pieces of the old Mad Max movies, but Fury Road was kind of my introduction to that whole universe really, and it was such a good movie. And I was pretty excited and kind of on a lark. I just picked up the Mad Max game. And I wasn't expecting that much. I'd heard like rumblings. It's like, oh, yeah, it's actually it's a a pretty solid, like, you know, seven out of ten kind of uh, Batman, uh, like Arkham Asylum combat style clone. Uh, And I was like, okay, it sounds like it'll be pretty good. And I picked it up. And honestly, it's it was really good. Like, it was very faithful to kind of the the universe that i had seen hinted at and established with fury road and it's it's really it's one of the best like 
games based on movie franchises that I've honestly probably ever played. Like it just, it does such a good job of representing the Mad Max universe and making you feel invested in that world. And like, just uh, the characters are quirky and interesting and like you're the vehicles are all weighty and like satisfyingly post-apocalyptic you're like slapping blades and shit all over them and uh, i mean it's i it was it was a blast i really like that one but i'd be dead like instantly <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'd like a i'd like an a- you know, an apocalypse environment where there's not like zombies or something running around, like Last of Us. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Oh Which, yeah. I had oh. I had several nightmares after playing that game where I was you know just randomly doing random stuff and then I would hear the clicker noise mm-hmm. somewhere mm-hmm. in the background, and I, that's usually what woke me up. Is my brain was like, this setting does not match that noise. Why? Why? Why is that here? Mm-hmm. And then in the doorway, yeah, you yeah. see the outline of like a deformed head and it's like uh... (laughs) dude there is a painting on the wall it's like a canvas painting on the wall in my hallway that i can see part of from uh where i sleep i cannot tell you how many times that thing has freaked me out (laughs) like i I swear it moves (laughs) You know, like I have to to crack the door, and oh man, I it sucks. I hate it. <laughs> oh yeah, you brought up some good points. Like I, I think some of the like I feel like some of the secret sauce or the ingredients that go into a good like post apocalyptic universe, like those little those little details about like what's changed, like what's the unique aspect of kind of reinvented life in this like the new normal or whatever in these settings and like you know it's 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 just fun to see what developers come up with like in horizon uh it's you know robot dinosaurs like which is kind of a crazy twist out of left field very atypical for your apocalyptic setting um you have trying to think of like another good example of like i mean Borderlands is kind of post-apocalyptic and you have people who are running around with all kinds of crazy powers that have manifested and stuff like that. That's kind of a fun twist. Oh yeah, that's right. That's true. I don't know. I would really call Borderlands post-apocalyptic. It's yeah, it's I like I said that and then I was like, well, it's actually more just like futuristic. It's like planet hopping kind of, but it, it definitely has some Mad Max, Mad Max-esque vibes to it. Uh, that, for sure, but like the main planet that kicks off this game is just supposed to be a wacky Mad Max planet. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. It's not really yeah. It's less less post apocalyptic in true definition and more in just I guess feel and thematics. But um... I feel like some of the most popular ones I haven't actually played, so I'll have to just propose these ideas and then just throw them to you guys. But like, I mean, I'm sure when we came up with the topic and introduced it, people were screaming at the podcast like fallout fallout talk about fallout <laughs> yeah oh, that's yeah. that's a good 
Yeah, yeah that's definitely one of the best okay, ones. Okay, so uh, let's not talk about Fallout. What's next? <laughs> Wasteland. Fallout 76. <laughs> yeah, that's that's uh that's definitely that that has brought about the apocalypse on its own. <laughs> let's be honest, Fallout seventy six. <laughs> um, but no, Nick, I like your your Wasteland interjection. I I actually haven't played the Wasteland games myself, but Wasteland three is sitting on my Steam wish list at the moment. And the instant I see that go on a sale, I'm definitely picking it up. Have you played that one before? Not three. I've played two. And I think you might still be able to, really, but one was free for a while if you wanted to finagle getting it to work on modern systems because it was from, like, the DOS era. <laughs> eh. Yeah, I'll probably just start with the new Shiny. And, uh, uh, two's really good. Uh, that was probably... I think that might have been the same year that the original Divinity, Original Sin came out. Okay. Uh, so, like, that was kind of the year of those CRPGs really coming back in a big way. Um, if you made a copy of Divinity, um, would that still be the same game? Right, because original, but the copy of the original would be... okay. <laughs> So, um, Divinity copy sin two. <laughs> um, I have no idea. It was the same year as Divinity Original Sin. Okay. For Wasteland two. Um. <laughs> we'll just we'll just leave leave Brandon to stew over there. Apparently. Sometimes I wish like we were we could see each other on video, so we could just all like stare <laughs> blankly at him, just like. <laughs> well. I mean, I get that enough, honestly. So <laughs> it doesn't. I I could really do with less in my life of that. I don't know. I think a copy would make it Divinity Original Sin two, and then Divinity Original Sin two. Uh, we did the the copy. Oh God! It never stops. Oh boy. Um. Uh, so you know what's an unconventional post-apocalyptic game yes please keep us on topic (laughs) (laughs) um is journey at least you can it can be read on like it's a very surface level reading of the game but it can be read as a post-apocalyptic game because your character is journey is you know moving through these landscapes you're going through all these ruins and you're like unlocking memories of the past that kind of hint that oh like whatever you are your people kind of built these places and now for for whatever reason you're all gone or you're yeah something happened and now you're all gone there's just much like stone dragons everywhere trying to kill you um Um, no man's sky is in a post-apocalyptic setting isn't it i wouldn't say it is i think it is i i i loaded it up a couple days ago other than it's you're escaping a apocalypse. It's not post-apocalypse. Yeah, it becomes decidedly more complicated when, similar to Borderlands, you have kind of this whole universe open to you, so it's not so much that, like, I feel like a key component of any post-apocalyptic game is sort of the idea that you're um exploring kind of like a confined area if that makes any sense it's sort of like 
here's this thing and then it has now changed because of a major cataclysmic event of some kind and then now you're left to kind of wander in the remnants like everything that's left behind and so when you're free to kind of like well i'm just gonna skip peace on out to another planet <laughs> like that's you're you're kind of you've escaped the apocalypse in a sense but yeah i'd say it kind of fits in the same category as borderlands probably oh um and you know there's games like um what is a prototype or even i guess infamous can fall into it depending on if you're doing the the evil ending um Mm -hmm. where you're actively trying to either stop the apocalypse or in the case of infamous 2 you're going to end up causing the apocalypse Hmm. because prototype is definitely at least as far as like the i think this i think it's set in new york like as far as new york is concerned like it is not a good place to be um whoever posted that gif on our group chat about um the villains leaving new york and taking over like kansas and Jared. florida <laughs> oh, yeah <laughs> that was gold yeah can anybody get out to kansas to say <laughs> it's like it's like well if we were in the dc universe i'm pretty sure superman's on speed dial but other than that, <laughs> true uh, we need wheat Iron Man, <laughs> wheat and everything. Yep. <laughs> right. Oh, so, um, there's the division. I, I don't know if anyone else has played that game, but that I've played that one. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I'm trying to think. Is most post-apocalypse games are you're kind of trying to rebuild something or survive? But yeah. Mm-hmm. I okay. I have one example, I guess. But is there? A post-apocalypse where there's just no coming back. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mm. so I mean, near Automata is a post-apocalyptic game, and there is no recovery. Yeah, I was actually gonna like. I'm glad you brought up near because that's kind of like near is an interesting exception in that. I mean, I don't know, I guess spoilers, but yeah, the humans are not coming back in that world. And like what's left behind is basically what humans built. Uh, I mean, essentially these. So humans and aliens had a proxy war by building machines. Mm -hmm. Humans built androids and aliens built just straight up robots. And then they had them fight in a war and that's essentially all they know. So anytime the robots or the androids kind of learn the truth that they are just in this eternal war for no reason, their memories get erased so that they can just keep fighting this eternal war because that's all they know. Mm-hmm. I, and there's something that captures the post-apocalyptic sense so well in that game. Like there's just such a sense of kind of like, uh, like, longing for a past like that will never be again like it's kind of you know you're wandering around in these ruined cities as a race that was created by humans but especially like going back and playing the game again it's it really is kind of moving because it's just like yeah you're just you're left with these scraps that sort of paint with rough lines and image of humanity's past, like you're just kind of getting a glimpse of what they used to be. And there's just, it's kind of like 
a sadness and a, a longing there that that game gets so well. Mm. I really like that. Um, would you would you count Horizon in that category? Since even though the humans are still around, they regard the humans that came before as like you know people that should not be emulated. Like they 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 bar themselves from going into the cities or anywhere with too much technology. Uh, yeah, um, I think there's enough they, time they, passed. That yeah, definitely. Yeah, like they're definitely not trying to rebuild. Like, um, well, if they're not. Like they are, well, there's also story reasons for this too. Yeah, but, yeah, I was, oh, yeah. I was speaking like broadly without going into spoilers. I think they, Final Fantasy X is probably in that category too. I thought X was about killing God. Um, what is this golden? Compass? I would consider it more <laughs> current apocalypse as opposed to like post apocalypse. Um, basically the plot of the story is that you, I mean, you learn this right away pretty much that, um, the, there's this entity, um, called sin that has basically been born by humans getting lazy due to all of the machines that they have invented to make life easy for them. And sin is basically their, you know, their atonement for getting lazy. Uh, And you have to figure out how to stop sin. Um, I mean, and, you know, he... I say he, Sin, uh, you know, comes to just, you know, I mean, it's a waterborne, I mean, it lives in the water. And so, you know, it just comes up to shore and just decimates all the, you know, the ports, the port cities, which every city is built on a port. I don't understand why they rebuild cities if they're built on ports. Anyways, so... And, you know, they just rebuild. Sin comes back, blows it all up. People that are alive, they move on. Sounds like the uh, universe of uh, Pacific Rim, where the kaiju keep attacking the the coastal (laughs) cities, and people still keep living there. (laughs) Yup. Have any of you guys played the... (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's probably a safe bet. Yeah, well, <laughs> I was gonna say like the the Metro games. That's, I guess. Hey, Nick, have you played the Net Metro games? I've played uh, uh, Metro Twenty Two. Okay. Yeah, is that the uh, or Twenty Thirty Three? Is that the No Twenty Thirty Three? Is the if... Oh, okay. So you played one of the. That's right. That you played one of the older ones then. Yes. I guess. Okay. That's right. I forgot that 2033 wasn't the first. Like, it, I forgot that it wasn't a brand new IP. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. There's 2033, and then there's there's like Last Light, I guess. Um, there's yeah. I played a little bit of those, and I it's that's I, it does well for the genre. Like, I'd say that's probably one of the more like immersive post-apocalyptic 
games that get a lot a lot of cool little details right with just like the the hud and um you know the gas like it, it the, like it's kind of twist is like the mechanic with like you're very concerned about like your gas mask and stuff like that and uh, all your zones and bullets like are cool. both currency and yeah. the things that you need to do everything in the game mm-hmm. that's an interesting mechanic yeah so uh you can have like pristine ammunition which was like before the nuclear uh, bombs dropped and those are they do like twice as much damage but they're also really nice for trading and then everything else is just really junk ammo that destroys your weapons for using them (laughs) and it's a little bit more plentiful it's also currency yeah, that's that's a really good point. I'd I'd kind of forgotten about that mechanic, but yeah, there's there's an odd sense of like both satisfaction and regret every time you have to load in a magazine of like pristine like old world ammunition. You're like you're like damn it, like I, my back's against the wall and I need good ammo now. And you're like jamming money in your gun effectively. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, but that's oh, that's so satisfying. Um, so yeah, that's that's a, that's that's one of my it's up there on my list. So I pulled up like a someone you know has tackled this topic before and um, did a <laughs> kind of a top twenty games that cover this um, theme, and I'll just run through kind of the top ten because you kind of hit on some of these. Um, their number one was Fallout New Vegas. Apparently, that's the best one of the <laughs> Fallouts. Um, number two was Last of Us. Number three was Horizon. Four, Gears of War 3. Oh, yeah, the Gears of War series. That's one I wouldn't have thought of necessarily. Um, f- five is Telltale's The Walking Dead, which kind of oh, throws you duh. into <laughs> more of the, like, kind of the relationship side of what a post apocalyptic world would do to people and how you interact with them mm-hmm. um and then six was metro last light um seven wasteland two eight the long dark hmm. oh, i haven't heard of that Looks one ps4 survival game yeah. nick's probably already beat it <laughs> I, i've heard of it i think it was free at one point really <laughs> he uh, he he did that thing. You know how in Doctor Strange he you know reads the books by astral projecting. That's how Nick plays video. Games. <laughs> <laughs> um, nine was Days Gone. So another zombie entry into this okay, genre. Yeah, that game they really hyped that one up, and I think it was kind of did it ended up kind of being lackluster. Yeah, it it looked kind of compelling, but yeah, everything I read and saw and it was sort of lukewarm at best. It so basically I, had I the same reception that Mad Max did. Uh, really? So, huh. but the video game critics were like, yeah, we've played this game before. Mm. And casual gamers are like, yeah, this is pretty good. Like, we've we are familiar with these mechanics, but since 
we are not professional video game reviewers that have to play everything that comes out. Like mm-hmm. we're not sick of it. Yeah. I may have to give it a shot then. I didn't, I, the most of the stuff I'd read about it was less favorable than even kind of the Mad Max stuff. But if those, if they end up being pretty comparable, that's worth giving it a shot. Um, to round out the top 10 was Frostpunk. Um, where the world is sent into a never-ending winter. I think that might be a VR exclusive title. It's not VR. It's a RTS. Uh, I think it's on PlayStation. Oh, now, primarily a, a management sim. Oh, never mind. Yeah. That's not the game I was thinking of. Largely, you are choosing like how much heat to give certain sectors of the city while you try to build the city bigger. That's an interesting way to kind of attack the genre, though. It's like not make it focused on action, but kind of resource allocation. Yeah, they typically, I feel like post-apocalyptic games tend to focus on the very, like they're very like small scale, you know, they zoom in on a very personal struggle or tell the story of a few individuals. Um, whereas that kind of attacks it from, yeah, like what would it be like to actually rebuild a society following an apocalypse? Yeah, I feel like there aren't too many games, at least to my knowledge, that do that. So that's kind of neat. So now that you mentioned that, this had not crossed my mind at all, but um, what is it? From Dust on the PS3. Oh, is a, is a post is it, it's a, it, I mean, it could count as post-apocalyptic because, like, the game huh. starts, and it's just it doesn't give you a whole lot of background. It's just like you know, these people have lost their their home, they've lost their culture, they've lost their identity, and the only thing they do is summon you, the player, as their god to basically take care of them so they can rebuild themselves, right. um, kind of rediscover who they are. Um, yeah, that's a good point. And kind of along the way, you kind of pick up little bits of their history that are useful that give you things um but it it definitely qualifies as because you, you never really learn what happens you just yeah. wake up one day and it's like we need help to rebuild our homeland man oh man if if we're relying on the from dust npcs to uh, uh <laughs> to rebuild our society we're pretty much screwed <laughs> I don't know. It's more like if we're relying on me as a god figure to rebuild our society, <laughs> we're pretty much screwed. Did I did I ever tell you guys about the time when I was playing D anD D with um, some friends of mine, and we successfully uh, tricked a group of people into worshiping one of one of our players? <laughs> we sounds about right for a D anD D game. Sure. Uh, it was just like I don't know. We were just walking and we got like uh you know ambushed by a a group of uh i don't know um just just ambushed by a group of enemies and uh instead of you know doing the normal fighting we had a we had a couple of wizards and a uh cleric on our team it was a paladin oh it was a paladin you're right Oh yeah, Nick was there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and we made it so that the paladin was we, uh, uh, basically everyone was trying to the DM was kind of trying to hit the paladin because he was he had the highest AC and he was kind of 
playing up the fact that he hadn't been hit yet. And because each roll wasn't rolling high enough, uh, I was an arcane trickster, so I like cast uh, enlarge on him, and then the next turn, like I, I cast an illusion to make it look like a heavenly light was falling up, down on him, and it's like, look, you can't touch him. He's a god. Yeah, and so then the the DM was like, all right, uh, everybody roll uh, like uh, persuasion or whatever, and a couple of the he made us as the players roll as well and i know me and another player failed and so we get down on our hands and knees and start worshiping the this one of our players <laughs> it was great D post-apocalypse <laughs> well you could definitely turn that into a uh I, I guarantee there are tabletop rpg settings that uh, make full use of that wonder if there's a mad max tabletop rpg if not we should uh we should get in on that guys i should probably watch the movie Developed first it. to get a sense of <laughs> is you know is and, and secure the rights to it it's, it's a really probably important movie. which which movie maybe it's probably not mad max but what movie am i thinking of that uh is or isn't a christmas movie die hard <laughs> Die Hard. Okay, thank you. Sorry, <laughs> that's what I, I. I don't. Every time I hear Mad Max, what is Mad Max about? Obviously, apocalypse. But tell me more. I, I mean, the the biggest thing that differentiates the Mad Max universe is just the emphasis on kind of like Australian Badlands vehicular combat. I guess is the best way. It's kind of like it's very like grungy, like. Uh, people are like souping up their cars because in this society like to live is to like to to have a good vehicle is to have a means of survival and it's kind of like biker like rogue biker gangs and stuff like that basically in the middle of the desert like water and gasoline are like the most important resources gasoline (laughs) um i heard a quote and I don't remember exactly. Maybe I can look it up real quick. Um, but it's like, was it like a hundred years or maybe like a thousand years uh, of non-human inter- intervention would make it look like the humans never existed? Probably just a hundred. Plants take stuff over real fast. It's kind of interesting you bring that up while you're looking it up because. I found that my favorite settings for these games are ones where you can still recognize like where you're at, but mm-hmm. it's totally overgrown. Like just like what basically what we know of like of say like New York City, what it looks like, but just overgrown with like make it look like a jungle and it's like mixing the concrete jungle with a real jungle. Um and I just like those little just environmental like cues that kind of like tell their own little story. Like, you know, this overpass is crumbled or like what would have happened like to make it to get to that point. And it's, it's just, I like those little to get lost in those worlds. Right. Okay. So um, this article actually says, um, a lot of structures such as the Panama canal, um, if not, okay. So it'll, it'll, it'll remain, uh, uh, jammed for, you know, all eternity, but, 
um, it would quickly disappear. Um, the traces would because it depends on continuous maintenance. Um, but uh, they said this this is like if aliens were looking at the planet. Um, after about 500 years, you'd have to look really closely. Um, but if you were on the surface, you could start finding, you know, ruins for a few, for a couple thousand years hmm. before oh, yeah. it was all gone. That makes sense. Cause like we still have the pyramids and Machu Picchu and all these other things hanging around. Right. Yeah. And those people have been long dead. Um, and then, uh, all the plastic in the ocean would stay around for forever. So. <laughs> That's probably the real reason why there's going to be an apocalypse. Either too much plastic or we run out of stuff to make plastic. Did you, like, it's very topical here, but did you guys see the story about the, uh, I, I, there was the, the a biologist or something that um, manned a submersible and like dove to the depths of like the third deepest trench or something in the world and at the bottom of the trench he found a pair of jeans a teddy bear and a plastic bag like at the yeah, very bottom i've heard trench, that like something like that I was human just like, oh, the worst. God. and that yeah. was like the first time a f- human had physically been there but our shit uh-huh. was well and there. things yep. tend to be preserved at the bottom of the ocean pretty well right like the pressure and ever and without light like they don't really break down much right there's not much movement. Yeah, and probably like pretty. I don't know if it's pretty anoxic that deep. And well, yeah, the, yeah, the things of... that can thrive down there aren't interested in eating. Probably those things. Right, but I mean, I know, like for instance, that I've I've heard of particular instances where, like, they will bury. When I say bury, I mean submerge. Um, planes and boats and things. Uh to help give like coral places to grow Mm, yeah yes but those are in very shallow seas yeah but i mean those will probably be around for a while Mm -hmm. the the goal is that eventually the coral structure would overtake the metal so as it biodegrades coral or not biodegrades but as it wears down coral replaces Mm. it That'd be pretty sweet, though, to have, like, coral reefs in the shape of battleships. (laughs) There you go, video game developers. New ideas for your futuristic post-apocalyptic settings. (laughs) Abzu 2. So what kind of settings have you not really seen represented in games that you would want to? I... Like, the big one for me... Well, I don't know. It's not... I guess it's... I have seen this... But I would love uh, to see even more games, I guess, where it's like post-civilization on other worlds. So it's like I would like to do play a game where, you know, it's it's similar to all of these that we've been describing, like it's post-apocalypse, but it's not a human apocalypse. It's another race or another society or civilization um, just adding that extra like layer of separation there, like where you're you're exploring the remnants of a culture that you don't really understand already. So kind of drip feeding you those clues about this this past society. Like I'd love to see more of that. So like you're an alien, yeah, on the planet, and you're mm-hmm. seeing remnants of an apocalypse of the native species. 
Yes, yeah. I'd like to see more games like that, for sure. Isn't that and again, just... not that it hasn't been done. I'm sure there's games that have done that, but... Isn't that just any Star Wars planet that the Empire visits? Uh, yeah, okay, good good point. Yep, Star Wars does hit on that a little bit now that I think about it. But I, I guess that's what, maybe that's that's probably the biggest part of Star Wars that really captures my attention and interest is like, I love, you know, I love it when they, you know, I'm playing a Star Wars game and they find like some kind of abandoned jedi enclave or something on this planet and like it's just it's like these little hidden gems of civilization and like uh, an ancient religion and stuff like that it's just there's something so compelling about that to me yes science science fiction properties don't usually give that kind of level of history that that sense that there was something before it's just always the future right yeah it, it focuses on the future rather than the alien past, like through an archaeological kind of lens. Mm -hmm. And I think that would be sort of fun to do more of. I think something that might be kind of interesting um, to explore. Um, You know, I mean, obviously the types of, you know, apocalypse settings now are obviously, you know, there's more content with the idea of, you know, zombies or, you know... um, you know, nuclear fallout or something like that. But I think that'd be kind of interesting to just have like an intellectual fallout, hmm. like, uh, you know, all records are maybe like, what is it? Fahrenheit 451. Is that where they start burning books? Yeah. And mm-hmm. so maybe something more like that. Hmm. Um, yeah. That's kind of cool. Well, that's more of a dystopia than an apocalypse. Yeah. I think uh, when I looked when I was looking up apocalyptic stuff, like that was a. I can see the thread that connects those two. Yeah, yeah, I, I see that one too. And I think, um, I think there was Brave nuclear New World war. Was it apocalyptic too? Maybe not. Maybe they didn't, maybe they weren't. That one's definitely dystopia. That's dystopia because he didn't want to play along. They had a perfectly <laughs> acceptable society based off of orgies <laughs> and drugs. <laughs> <laughs> You didn't want to be a phony. <laughs> um, but no, uh, talking about post-apocalypse things, um, I watched uh, shit. What was what's that book called? Um, movies. I watched a book, guys. <laughs> <laughs> it just kind of sat there. It didn't really do very much. Well, uh, we've already decided. I mean, I can't read, so. <laughs> hey, I just read my first book. That's, that's about all. Forever. 1984. Oh, 1984, yeah, 1984 is yeah. a apparently a poke, poke. That's the book that I was trying to come up with. I don't remember about that one. I don't really either. But you watched the book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, dystopian society. Uh, okay, well that doesn't tell me anything. God damn it. It's okay. Um, no one understands that book in modern history. That's not the Soylent Green one, is it? It centers on it's the consequences not. of That's totalitarianism <laughs> and mass surveillance. Yes. Uh, it was the book was modeled after Stalinistic Russia. Hmm. But don't let that confuse you. The uh, author was all about killing fascists. <laughs> I one day want to go back and read all those books that I was supposed to read in high school. Yeah, I uh, I had the how ours was split up. We 
my English teacher that I had, we did Animal Farm instead of 1984, which I'm actually kind of glad because I like Animal Farm more than 1984. We had more of. I think I would like Beowulf if I actually. Oh, Beowulf's pretty good. We like did ours in a way of like where you would have a giant list and everyone picked one and then presented on it. So it wasn't like we were all reading all these literary classics. I um I do really want to read uh Brave New World. I do think that I would like that one if I actually wasn't forced to read it for a grade. A Brave New World. I really <laughs> I did really enjoy that book. That song does not match the <laughs> I will tell you that I don't think I will ever like um Oh god damn! What is that book? Um, uh, Dictionary. Wow. Okay, we're at time, guys. Um, <laughs> we'll see you all next. Um, wow. No, what is that book? Uh, um, it's a bunch of kids that get stranded on an island oh. and they start eating each other. Oh, Lord, Lord of, of the Flies. Flies. Lord of the Flies. I don't think I will ever like that book. I don't care what. Nothing can happen in my life that will ever make me like that book. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not the hugest fan either. But... A... So I was. Well, isn't uh... that book just an excuse for uh, social Darwinism? Pretty much. Yeah. Though I was listening to uh, my favorite murder a couple weeks ago, and they actually covered a story where a group of boys were shipwrecked on an island. But instead of, you know, turning <laughs> yeah, it, feral. It turns out they turn into a socialist society to help each other instead of try to murder each other. Yeah, they, they actually helped each other. I think they were on that island for more than a year before they were finally rescued. And yeah, they all four of them survived. They didn't kill each other. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so Lord of the Flies is kind of a load of shit, <laughs> depending on the people, of course. There's a question. If we were stuck on an island together, which one of us would be the most annoying? And why would it be me? (laughs) (laughs) See, you do it to yourself, but then you get mad that we do it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, because my friends are supposed to be positive and reinforcing, not... We are reinforcing. (laughs) 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 Just not what you want to be reinforced. Where's the stop button? (laughs) God damn. All I can say is anyone who snores is waking up in the ocean. Oh, God. <laughs> so don't we don't have to have the same color. bed. <laughs> oh, we <gotta> my <laughs> bed. Damn it. It's a tiny island, damn it. <laughs> if it's that small of an island, we're not making it either way. <laughs> Look, Nick doing risk assessment in his mind, like, oh, yeah, no, we're just going to die. <laughs> If it's that small of an island, there's there is no fresh water. You're you're out of luck. Well, you definitely are with that attitude, Nick. <laughs> we just need a funnel and a, something we can use as tubing, and uh, two sets of like pots, and we just <laughs> so boil we need to water. we need to wake up on an illegal rum distillery island and we'll be okay. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's going to be those little hatches that Jack Sparrow leaves around all over the place. Sure. Or an Ikea. We'll be, we'll be stuck on, on what? <laughs> or an Ikea. 
<laughs> Let's get stuck on an island that only has an IKEA. Or you get stuck in IKEA. It is basically Somehow we an went island. From deserted <laughs> island to just, we're just we're all trapped in an IKEA. Um, I guess there you go. That's that's our that's our post apocalypse book, guys. Uh, well, we get trapped in an IKEA. <laughs> if we're trapped in an IKEA, we each get our own apartment. I mean, if. Yeah. There was an apocalypse. That's probably a place I might head toward first. It's huge. Okay, lot I, of I'm stuff. revising my vote. Jared's dying first. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Now you know how it feels to be shat on. You'll be laughing when I have all the Swedish meatballs. <laughs> and the Swedish fish. And the swanky new apartment. And the Swedish shits. <laughs> Swanky new apartment. <laughs> oh. Well, okay, so it's not. It may be a short, slightly shorter episode than normal, but I, I'm tired of of being told that I'm going to die first. So, um, you said it. <laughs> you're not I literally just gave you better survival odds than Jared, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> Take it back, man. I can never. I'm never. I, I. I can't win. I can never win. Even when I'm right, I'm wrong. I can show you a world burning on fire. <laughs> Holy fucking shit! It's a dinosaur. Robot dinosaur. <laughs> that's um, and that's the outro. What? What? I mean, it can be if you want it to be. Yeah, I guess we we didn't talk about how Aladdin is a post-apocalyptic movie. And I, I'm pretty sure I started to talk about the movie that I watched today, and we never got around to it because I couldn't remember what the name was called. Yeah, <laughs> uh, then we started talking about books. Yeah, what what the hell movie did I watch? Oh yeah, because I said I watched a book. That's why. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. all coming back around. Then we start this. Remember when I said that I'm upset that I would be the first one dead? I'm stupid. <laughs> I, of course I'll be the first one dead. I don't know. There's oh, always that man. character who just kind of looks yeah, into I'm all of like I'm the com- into safety. I'm the comedic relief. Damn it! You can't kill the comedic relief. At least not in the first act. Yeah, yeah I was yeah, comedic- say they're definitely not the first to go. Yeah, they're usually. the second. Unfortunately, that would probably be Evan. <laughs> sorry um what movie did i watch uh today guys i told you about it already 1984 the mitchells versus the machine oh Oh, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. (laughs) which is a great apocalypse because the apocalypse starts and then it ends by the end of the movie it's great um I think we should all watch that movie together uh, sometime and turn it into a drinking game. And we drink every time one of the Mitchells would have died. Uh, <laughs> so we're sober by the end of it. No, no. There there were at least five to ten different scenes where... Did you see what Linda did? <laughs> Did you see that they were in that pod and they fell like a mile in that pod and they hit the ground and they all walked away from it? No, not happening. I'm trying to remember 
at the at the very end in the uh, synth wave zone. Yeah, no, and then and then shock absorbent. The girl falls off of a one story roof, like, and then like just rolls off, and oh, it's fine. You can walk. I mean, that would be that would be fine. Yeah, if you fall, you're gonna you're gonna take some damage. You take one d10 fall damage. Yeah, I was I was gonna say it. I, mean, I think three stories is kind of the limit of human falling, but I don't. Okay, like but she this. she rolls off and yeah, like that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah, it's still just ten. She doesn't feet. roll onto the ground. It, it'll it'll be a jolt, but like it's gonna have to be a really unlucky landing for ten feet to kill you. I didn't say kill. I just said it. Would... You did. You said no, no, no five no, to no, ten okay, times okay. that they die. I'm saying that. I'm I'm giving examples of the movie where the damage they should have taken is not the damage that they took. <laughs> that particular event was not one of them that I would have considered a, a death event. <laughs> I mean, if we're if we're trying to enforce the laws of physics, I'd hate to watch Looney Tunes with you. <laughs> <laughs> Drink every time the wily e. coyote should have died. <laughs> well. I mean, that'll kill you just as fast as saying, watch the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers and drink every time you see sparks. Oh, God. <laughs> nope, that's... You're, you're, yeah, you're dead after the first episode. <laughs> uh, not the first... They don't take too much damage in the first episode, but like, okay. when the Green Ranger shows up, yeah. I remember these things. At SmallCon Pod, Small Consolation podcast small consolation gaming did we lose brandon <laughs> no oh wow i just got really quiet i know i just thought i'd fill the silence with our socials <laughs> oh, wow get out i was just about to say i'm really curious to see if we're gonna be picking up the apparent rock concert that's been fucking blasting outside of my house literally the entire day like I don't know what's going on, but there's been like a very loud concert going on since like three o'clock this afternoon. So why aren't you there? Because, because good he's, question. He's here explaining how you would die first in the apocalypse. God, <laughs> it's a tough job, but someone's got to do it. It's a trap. You know, I don't know if it's just that you guys enjoy hating me and that's our that's our team <laughs> dynamic or if if i'm just the the butt of all of our jokes in this group but i'm, I'm just <laughs> sensing some hostility here and i really feel like i would be the first to die in a post-apocalyptic setting because you guys would use me as bait <laughs> and so i'm gonna go reflect on that um and uh thank you for tuning in to the last episode of the small consolation podcast (laughs) (laughs) where we experienced our very own apocalypse today (laughs) and then in 10 years when people find it and beg us to come back the power of friendship will bring us back together and we will be reborn from the ashes (laughs) but can we still call ourselves boys like the backstreet boys when they're uh, all 50 and they can call themselves the Backstreet Boys. Or the Beach Boys when they're all 70. When they're all dead. Yeah, they that all does dead? sound better than the Backstreet Men now that yeah, I think Backstreet Men <laughs> sounds a little, we're going to stick you in a van. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good night. Okay, I love you. Bye-bye. <laughs>
That was an explosion. <laughs> Take us to the apocalypse, Gronk. Wrong apocalypse! <laughs> yes! <laughs> I don't know why we have that apocalypse. I am upset they are making that live action. Wait, are they? Yeah. Says who? Says Disney. When? Like a week ago. Can they just hurry up and make a Treasure Planet in an Atlantis live Those action are... movie? I've been. Atlantis is the one who. They should make a remake of that one movie, um, Shazam. <laughs> you mean Kazam? No, Shazam was no, Sinbad. Remember? Yeah. <laughs> Stop <laughs> trying to break my brain. <laughs> Atlantis and Treasure Planet could make really good live action reboots where if they polish yeah. up the script a bit. Mm-hmm. I'd watch either of those. <laughs>